Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Like-Minded. I'm your host, Cami Pons, and I'm super excited because I have a guest on today. His name is Paul, and he is a good friend of mine. And a lot of the time when we're together, we talk about our healing journeys, a lot of the personal growth, you know, inner work that we're doing. So I thought he's a perfect person to come on and, you know, share some information, just share our experience, kind of a little bit about what we're going through right now. So I'm going to hand it over to him to give a quick intro and then we can jump into the episode. Hi everyone, my name is Paul. I'm 27 years old and I live in South Beach, Miami. I moved here about three years ago, kind of on a whim, Um, transplant from Connecticut, born and raised in Connecticut, went to school, undergrad and grad school there, um, and ended up moving down here to take one of my first jobs post-grad in the finance industry. I currently am a senior associate for a private equity firm in Miami, and I am a creative storyteller, passionate person, trying to redefine what a finance bro really is because they're not all (laughs) bad. And I like to think I'm the black sheep of finance bros because I identify as queer um, and I am against all odds what a finance bro usually is. Um, Struggled with mental health my whole life, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, Um, So certainly don't have the confidence of most finance bros, but it's a work in progress. So very excited to be here. Yeah. I feel like, is it confidence or is it ego? Probably probably (laughs) ego. (laughs) And maybe cockiness too. Yeah, true. But okay. What a great intro. So what we're talking about today is what it looks like to lower the volume on your inner critic. So... For me, my inner critic, right, it's the negative thoughts or the judgmental thoughts that I have in my head. I like to think of it as like an unkind voice that really hinders my ability to put myself out there. Mm. So why I want to talk about this topic is, you know, as I feel like I'm starting on this next chapter of my life and I'm doing really uncomfortable things and I'm really putting myself out there with the podcast and with some other passion projects I'm working on. So I really want to be able to just quiet the criticism and mm. like quiet that inner monologue. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's always that man versus self, woman versus self, non-binary versus <laughs> self um, battle, right? Mm-hmm. That is whether you put a name to it or a voice to it, it's just our biggest competition, I think, always is actually within. Yeah. Um, and I think we hit all of these milestones in life where we go through these big changes, right? Or we pursue things that are a deviation from what we've thought the course we should be on actually is. Mm. And when we when we do have those moments outside of our comfort zone, right? I think that's when that voice is the loudest. So, you know, having some insider knowledge about the things that you're working on in your personal life, I think it makes sense that, you know, and I think both of us are in a place right now where those voices are maybe a little louder than they usually are. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough. Yeah, for sure. I think I try to protect myself. Mm. So, like, for example, if I'm putting myself in, like, an uncomfortable position, I feel as though, like, the voice is telling me all the ways that I'll, like, embarrass myself or I'll fail is like a way to self-protect right and which is really interesting my inner voice is telling me what other people might say about me Mm. which is something I struggle with 
in itself caring about other people's opinions and so my inner voice will tell me that like people are gonna think that outfit's ugly people are gonna think you're dumb and you're not capable of doing this thing like those things could be true right, right? like you never know like people could be judging you like Absolutely. you could be going into a situation it's like you never really know i mean that's the hard part i think is accepting right because it's not people could be it's people are judging you. Yeah. Right? That's people true, yeah. are judging everything we do. We live in a world where I think judgment oftentimes makes people feel better about themselves. Yes. Right? A thousand percent. So I think it's not it's not so much about, you know, are these people going to? It's about accepting the fact that they will and then ignoring it and doing it anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so true. I just did an episode last week about kind of rising above that outside opinion, how like people aren't always going to like understand or support you. Mm. And that doesn't matter because as long as you're living your life in alignment with what you believe is your higher purpose, no one needs to understand. You know right. what I mean? And the people are going to hate and the people are going to judge, but just accept that that's going to happen and rise above. Agreed. And like you don't want to lower yourself to you know, gossip and unnecessary comments. And other people's opinions of you. Yeah, right? exactly. So an example that I wanted to bring up is this podcast in general, mm. because I really struggle with that inner judgment and criticism. And it's really frustrating because the reason I started this podcast is not to get, you know, a million likes and reviews. It's because I wanted to start honest conversations about my healing journey, my growth journey, because I think a lot of us are on similar paths. And when you do that inner work, it a lot of it happens alone and it can feel really lonely. And so I think starting conversations about these topics, it just helps to feel less alone and also feel more connected to other people. Mm. And so the reason that I started this was like really genuine and it brings me a lot of joy and it's an outlet for my creativity. But sometimes when I put out episodes, that inner voice will creep in and it'll be like, well, that content doesn't make sense. Or, oh, well, you're stuttering and you're rambling. Or this person that does like a self-care podcast has more reviews than you. And it'll turn something genuinely a joyful thing for me to do into almost like a competition where I'll compare myself to other podcasters. Right. Well, I think, first of all, how easy is it for us to compare ourselves to others, especially in a space like podcasting that is just saturated right now with yeah, people that's true. who, you know, you see it all over TikTok, you see it all over Instagram. Everybody who's somebody is doing a podcast right yeah. now. So it's, first of all, I just want to validate your feelings because I think that's so important and it makes sense, right? It's not like it's not coming from somewhere. It does make sense, but... I think an example that really comes right to the top of my mind is tennis. Mm. I never played tennis a day in my life before I moved here. I moved to Miami and Florida in general as a state is a huge producer of some of the best U.S. talent in tennis, period. Mm. And I did it for no other reason than I wanted to challenge myself to break out of my comfort zone, learn something new, and not only learn something new, but learn something new that was going to be not just mentally challenging, but physically challenging as well, right? So, um, and you know, as someone who struggled with my weight my whole life, I really never played any kind of professional sport. I was never a student athlete. 
it was a huge endeavor to take on. And I remember, I think it was like 93 days in a row where every single day I went to the wall and I played tennis by myself against a wall. Here? Yeah. In, oh, at Flamingo Park. Yeah. It was before I met David and David is how I met Cammy, just so everyone knows. Um, and yeah, and I would go and, and I remember I had a conversation with my mom and I said, you know, I really want to get a membership at this place called Flamingo Park because I could take lessons and mm-hmm. I could use the courts and um, she surprised me and she bought me my membership for the first year, which That's was so really cute. nice. Shout out that. to supportive and loving parents. <laughs> um, but every single day I would go and I would look at other people playing and I would say, and that voice in my head for me has always been very defeatist. Mm. So it would say things like, you're never going to get there. Mm. You're never going to be as good as those people. Those people are never going to want to play with you because you look like an idiot when you hit that ball. And I mean, the horrible conversations that I would have with myself and the way that I would speak about myself, the way that my inner voice would really try and sabotage Mm -hmm. something really good in my life that Mm -hmm. I found. And, you know, that was a huge challenge because finding people to play with was tough as someone who had never played before, right? And I was so grateful that I met David because he kind of, you know, messed around in college with tennis with some of his roommates. and But, you know, he was by no means a professional or a, you know, collegiate player or anything like that. And so... We were kind of perfect partners in that sense, right? But, you know, it's funny because even when you're playing the game, you st- and da- and I see this happen to David and I, and I experience it myself, but if you hit a couple bad shots in a row, right, you start to get so, that your, your inner voice, mm-hmm. you just start to get so into your head mm-hmm. and then immediately it's just your game is ruined, right? Yeah. And you hear the professionals talk about it all the time, that tennis is more of a mental sport than it is physical, because you have to be able to walk yourself off that ledge. Mm. And it's just so hard because sometimes you're walking the plank and you just want to jump off at the end, yeah. right? But getting back onto the court and just staying in a space that is supportive, right? And reframing the messages that you're giving yourself when you're playing, when you're practicing, you know, that's, I think, what makes the big difference. But that's not easy to do. Yeah, especially when you're in the moment. I'm like, logically, I know that I'm not in fight or flight, right? Or like, logically, I know that this is like my inner monologue and it's not reality. But when you're in it and you're like deep in it, it's so hard to decipher between the two. In the moment, there's no telling. 100%. I'm just in in that shit. And it's like, it's really, I'm just in that shit. It's like hard to get out. I'm like crawling my way out of it. It's a dark, deep hole. Yes. With no light or help in sight. And it's self-created. But I feel like that's why it's so important to like talk about this. Because I don't think a full silence is always realistic for everyone. I know I've struggled with like this inner critic my entire life. And so I don't want to create an unrealistic standard of like one day it's just going to be gone. And yeah. I'm going to be like, 100% confident and self-assured. But I do think that there's ways in which, like you said, we can talk ourselves back off of that ledge and and start to create that healthy self-talk yeah how we talk about ourselves how we talk to ourselves and i think feeding off of that something that i have struggled so much with and i was in a support group for a couple of months for binge eating disorder Mm -hmm. and 
it was through National Eating Disorder Association, I think it's called. But you have people from all walks of life in that, right? And people suffering with anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder. And I think one of the most powerful things I ever heard one of the therapists saying is that the hardest part of this challenge is going to be accepting that this is never going to go away, mm. but your healing and your journey is about learning to live with it and not letting it win. And that was just so profound because I think it's we're human beings and we want, you know, definitive solutions and answers, <laughs> yeah. right? I want to know that two plus two equals four. Yeah. Period. I don't want there to be any kind of, you know, debate or analysis that goes into it. And for me, for the kind of person that I am, accepting that has been the hardest thing. Yeah. And I, I view it the exact same way with that inner critic. And first of all, I think anyone that says that they don't have an inner critic or that they don't. Liars. (laughs) Liars. All of them. But... I think that's what it's about, right? Is like exactly like you said, quieting it or, you know, learning to even just live harmoniously with it in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. Accepting that that inner critic is a part of you and you are beautiful and therefore so is that inner critic, right? And even though it sucks and it's hard sometimes, it's a part of who we are and to fully love yourself is to fully accept every part of who you are. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's exactly like you said, right? It's in the moment. It's just so hard sometimes. Yeah, because it's just so loud. Exactly. And it's it's drowning sometimes. And, yeah. um, you know, it's just, it's not an easy thing to accept to you know brighten the mood a little what are ways that we can actually combat um and i also want to add if there's any background noise paul and i are recording in my living room and my dog is going rogue (laughs) (laughs) like he is like he usually takes a nap after he eats breakfast but he just like wants to play with every single toy so (laughs) if you hear anything in the background that's that um but the first thing i really wanted to talk about was adding logic in the moment i will literally excuse myself if i'm in a social setting for example go to the bathroom look in the mirror splash some cold water in my face and talk to that inner voice as if it is a completely different entity and for me my inner criticism really stems from my perfectionism so i'll hit that perfectionism right on like get right to the root of the issue and i'll tell myself of course i'm not perfect of course i don't have all the answers of course i don't have everything figured out This is my first time on earth, in this body, with this consciousness, with these people around me. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm learning as I'm growing. I'm learning as I accumulate new experiences and, you know, I gather more insight about my feelings and my reactions and why I do the things that I do, etc. So I think really just, like I said, getting to the root and, and hitting it with logic head on really takes away the power of that voice. Yeah. I think also one thing, and this kind of ties into what I was saying earlier about just accepting that part of yourself, right, Mm. is I think making space for those feelings, right, and allowing them to be there and, you know, letting that voice play out, letting your monologue say what it has to say, 
And exactly like you're saying, right? Saying something back, either having a internal dialogue instead of monologue, right? Where you're communicating back with that voice inside of you. And I do this all the time where, you know, whether it's on the tennis court, whether it's at work. And, you know, I struggle at work sometimes because I work in a very heterosexual male dominated industry and space. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are scary sometimes because you don't know how they're going to react to you or whether or not they're going to respect you. I have that, that voice in my head all the time that says, you know, these people are going to know that you're gay and they're going to hate you for it. They're not going to want to speak to you, you know, all of these things. And there's so many levels of struggles and so many different arenas within our lives for which we struggle with these things. Mm. But I think one thing that's really helped me is saying, and so what if they do? Yeah. Is my boss going to fire me because of it? No. Is this person not going to want to play tennis with me because of it? Probably not. And if they do, so what? I'll find someone else to play with. Yeah. I'll find someone else to work with. Right? There's there's no situation in which I'm going to be chained to that I cannot escape from. Mm. Right? And so... I think for me, quieting the voice and what that looks like is also just rinse and repeat, right? Mm. Saying to myself over and over and over and over again, no, that's not true. Yes, you look great. You are smart. You are capable. You know what the fuck you're talking about. And you know it too, you know? And sometimes I get like sassy and fun and playful with myself because it's just, we, we get so caught up in it that it's... It's like this chokehold Mm -hmm. on your life and your ability to function that I think at a certain point, you just have to choose whether or not you're going to continue to accept allowing that inner critic and your inner voice to run your life. Yeah. Right? And it's so easy for us to sit here and talk about this, but it's like actually applying all of these theories in the moment. Oh, it's that a whole different game. It's just, I wish that we could remember everything we're going to say to each <laughs> other right now the next time we're in one of these moments. Yeah. But I think that's hard too, right? It's mm-hmm. just like, why? Why does this happen? Yeah. That's the, the why of this whole conversation that we're having today is one thing I've really never understood. Because I think in a perfect world, you would think that your biggest advocate and your biggest supporter would be yourself, right? But I think so many people, I think everyone, honestly, has the opposite experience. Yeah. So it, it a lot of it doesn't make sense, right? But I think it's just finding a method to the madness that works for you. Mm-hmm. And murdering it and just doing it over and over and over again until you know they say they say fake it till you make it so the final thing i kind of wanted to talk about that i haven't done this but i've seen this from actually tiktok like content creators that talk like self-care and self-love have a picture of their five-year-old self i don't know if i would actually ever tape a picture of my five-year-old self to my mirror But, if I'm being (laughs) honest, I don't know if that's me, but it's just like basically realizing that, for example, for me, like I'm an evolved version of that little girl Mm -hmm. with all of those dreams and all of those hopes and like the bright wide eyes about what I want to do with my life. 
And I would never crush her spirit. I would mm. never go up to her and be like, well, yeah, you might want to do this, but you'll probably fail and you'll look ugly doing it. So it's like realizing that that inner child still exists within me. Yeah. And I still carry like all of that hope that I did back then. How would you talk to that little girl is how you need to talk to yourself. Because again, it's your inner child. Absolutely. So like treating her with like that support and that love and that care and like let that run how your inner monologue goes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that I've, I've seen a lot of that too in, on social media with taping those photos to Would your you ever mirror. do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's so funny and no disrespect to anyone who does this and it works, but a part of me is like, you know, when you were saying that just now, I thought about, oh, well, what if I put like a photo of five-year-old me on my desk? But it's like, how do you explain that? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you have people over and I have like pictures of five-year-old Paul yeah. posted all over my mirrors, yeah. like... You're like, but, I'm working through some shit, okay? But like, at the same time, isn't that a full circle moment of this whole conversation? Because mm-hmm. who cares what they think? And if it works for Snaps. me... yes. <laughs> and if it makes me feel better, and if it reminds me to be more gentle with myself every morning... Gentle. Yes, that's the word. Then hell yeah, I would freaking poster my walls with pictures of myself if I needed to yeah. in a non-vain way, obviously. Screenshot of her, what is it, background of your phone, yeah. picture of you. <laughs> picture of you. <laughs> and you see some people do that and sometimes I'm like, damn, I want the confidence of that person. Mm-hmm. I'm opening my phone looking at my beautiful ass self every mm-hmm. day. Like, power to that. Yeah. And I think, listen, try it and if it works, it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm down for it and... And I think that's what the journey is really all about, right? Is healing that inner child and allowing that inner child's hopes and dreams to come to fruition in your adulthood. Do you know when you were growing up and someone would ask you what you wanted to be and you were like, I want to be like an astronaut. Yeah. And then one day somewhere along the path, someone told you that that was unrealistic and then we stopped giving those answers. I've really been thinking about that. At one point, like we were either told that's unrealistic or like that's never going to happen. And I feel like some of our dreams died. Stopped kind of going for things and started playing it safe. And I feel like that's when the fear-based thoughts really kicked in. Yeah. Is because we were like, well, we don't want to be seen as crazy or like, I don't want to be unrealistic or I'm going to pick the safe choice or I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Essentially letting outside external opinion rule the decisions that you make. Yeah. Like starts when you're young and it just increases and you just become more and more repressed. Spirals out of control. Yeah, because you become more and more repressed because you're just so afraid of what people are going to say or think about you. It's crazy to think about how different the world would look if someone never told that five-year-old person that they couldn't. Yes. Right? Yes. How many more astronauts would there be in the world? Right? How many more happy people? 100%. How many more happy people? If we were actually empowered and supported to go after what we're passionate about, Mm -hmm. not be forced into this, like there's like literally like five life paths and we're all forced into it. Like corporate America, for example, where it's like, imagine how many people are, fucking creatives at heart and never explored that side of them because they were told that unrealistic life choice. Right. I think you also see a lot of self-actualized people older in their lives who have done the work and who have been on the journey for so much longer than you and I have and Mm -hmm. people even younger than us. One consistent theme I think you hear them talk about is how the older you get and the further along in this journey that you go... The, it's almost like you're going back to the things that you were passionate about when you were in your youth. And so you see that you're 
linear progression on this healing journey is really almost in a lot of ways you reverting back to your childhood dreams and passions and pursuits and that that is when you start to become a happier, healthier Mm. version of yourself is when you have the freedom to explore everything that everyone told you was impossible when you Mm -hmm. were in your youth, which I think is so amazing and impactful. And I think it's a shame that it's at that point in our lives that we have to go back to it, right? And that it's not just something that we could have pursued throughout our evolution, (laughs) you know? Imagine if you could save the 10, 15 years and just start from a place of empowerment and not have to, you know, repress to have to come back. Yeah, and not have to do all this hard-ass work just to get there. This work is hard. I think also it's peaks and valleys, right? And I think sometimes when we're in the valley, we forget that there's a peak ahead of us and we can't always see it. Right. But when I look back on my journey, I actually realize that sometimes I learned more in those plateaus Mm -hmm. than I did in those peaks. Yeah. Because sometimes that's what the journey is about. And sometimes that's when the real deep introspective work happens because you're so, I think, focused on getting up the mountain when you're at a peak that you don't actually have the time to think and just... It's just work, 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 right? But it's not just an upwards hill the whole time. And if, if it were, I think we'd get to our end goal a lot faster. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, it's lifelong. It's never going to be easy, I don't think. And just accepting and finding comfort in that. And also just realizing that this is a shared experience and we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And literally everyone in the universe that is old enough to know what it's like to struggle, I think, struggles with this, you know? And it's so funny. It's like that Gatsby quote, the beautiful, like, little fools, right? When she says that, and it's true. It's to be young and naive again, what what a relief it was, mm-hmm. right? To just be carefree and not worry about what the world thought of you and run around at a beach without your shirt on not worrying about if someone's judging your body yeah right like there's just so much that happens i think as you get older and as you grow into the world and realize that it can be a cruel place sometimes Mm -hmm. but you know even in the cruelty it's not void of beauty and opportunity and experience it's just sometimes we have to find the light right yeah Damn, mic drop. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end this. Um, I I agree. And I also feel like a lot of what you said is why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place. It's just when I think life can really feel defeating, mm. it's like helpful to just hear that other people are going through similar experiences. Yeah. Because um, like I said before, sometimes this like journey can feel really lonely. And sometimes I'll say to myself, I'm like, I am the only person that has these thoughts Mm. like there must be something seriously wrong with me because everyone else around me they're smiling and they look so happy like it is just me and then you realize like no that's not the case it's just people hide it in the same way that some days when i have a big ass smile on my face people probably look at me and think that i'm the happiest person in the world 
Okay, we're gonna stop here. I like to keep my episodes short so people don't zone out because I know that I do that over 25 minutes. But I just wanna thank you, Paul, again for joining. I think this was a really great conversation and have anything else that you wanna add? No, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me and kudos to you for doing this and breaking out of your comfort zone. And I can see how happy it makes you and I was honored to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. It does make me really happy. All of you listeners are the reason I do this. Okay. Have a great rest of your day.